Hello, welcome to the Gab and Jules show. No Gab, today is in Monaco for the Champions League. So look, who's joining me? Neida Manua is with me. It's a big show because we record this on Thursday morning. On Friday evening is the end of the transfer window. Mm -hmm. This is it for the seminar. Clubs will have to wait until January if they want new signings. Players will have to wait January if they want to move. This is true. But wow, transfer window so far. So we will give his experience of as a player going through transfer windows and also what some of the big clubs still need or don't need, things like that. But there's one outstanding news that I need to ask you about. Okay. It's obviously Cole Palmer going from Manchester City to Chelsea. Yes. It's about to be done for 45 million pounds. 45 million pounds. Hmm. What, what do you make of, of this? Do you know, I think you can see it in two ways. Some people ask the question, well, Cole Palmer to Chelsea in general, but then when you see the fee itself, it's like, that seems like a lot of money for somebody that doesn't really start for Man City. Like he yeah. scored a couple of big goals so far this season, yeah. but still he's not being awarded the starts and he wasn't last year either. And yeah. he's not like he's 18. But speaking with Johnny Lescott, who's trained with him for the under 21s, he yeah. says he's a really good player. So he's got really great potential, all this stuff. But I don't know, it feels weird that someone that doesn't start for City would go to, would be allowed to leave to go to a potential rival as yeah, such. Yeah, yeah, So I'm not sure, I'm not I'm not fully sold on it. I think as I think of Chelsea's front three in the future, I'm seeing Nkunku, I'm seeing Jackson, I'm seeing Sterling. And then I'm seeing like Cole supporting that. But what's the difference then between that at Chelsea and that at Man City? And if you're going to pay 45 million for someone as a potential project for players who aren't that old anyway. Yeah. I'm personally not, I don't fully get it, but speaking with Jolene, who sees him all the time, he knows that there's something there. Yeah. And he's got to be competing with Madueke as well. But yeah, it just feels like, it feels like a lot of money. Is, but it, is it a matter of having, giving him the game time and maybe more time to really explode maybe, than yeah. he would have at City? Maybe, but then why wasn't he given the game time? You know what I mean? This is a question that I sometimes wonder about in certain places. Yeah, yeah. Like why... Not to say he's a bad guy or a bad player, but why doesn't a manager trust you enough to even play you at the end of a game? You know what I mean? For five, 10, 15 minutes or something, yeah. or to like start you every so often in a game that's yeah. like quite insignificant. Yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. But because I don't know enough from that side, it's tough It's tough to say. And by all accounts, like I say, he's supposed to be a very, very good player. You know? It'd and, be interesting, yeah. And maybe it'll be good for him to leave Manchester because he is from Manchester. Yeah, he's there, yeah. He's so you have to step out. You go to Chelsea for 45 million, you're not an academy player anymore. Yeah. So maybe this will be the potential for him to show his uh, his best form, I think. Another really interesting one is Ansu Fati, who we believe is about to leave Barcelona to come to Brighton in the Premier League on loan. Ansu is this prodigy kid that... How old is he now? 20, I believe. Okay. So four years ago, three years ago, had this incredible breakthrough season when at Barcelona, when it looked like he was the next big thing. And then injuries have really slowed down, I think, his progress and everything to the point that he, he became just a squad player for mm. Barcelona, really. First, I mean, it's exciting to see him in the Premier League, for sure. Do Brighton really need him? Where does he fit in the Deserby system? Who who does he replace? Because you don't you don't bring him to fight to your club to leave him on the bench. How do you see that one? I don't know. It's again, it's an interesting one because we have all seen his qualities of many years ago, but again, due to injury and other things, he's not been a regular for Barcelona as such. So it makes me ask the question or ponder. Say for you, is this a bigger move for Fatih or a bigger move for Brighton? So I think for Brighton, it shows that you can now attract those kind of players. What is that? What is those kind of players? Players that we've heard of or players that are actually at their absolute peak? So no, he's not his peak, but the potential is incredible, I think. We all mm. agree to that. He's a Barca player. 
I mean, if I told you two years ago that Brighton would yeah, sign a Barca potential starter, okay, he's, he's on, but you know, he's he could be a starter for Barca. You would never, you would have never believed it. Yeah. So, I think that showed the attractivity of the Premier League and of Brighton now, the Zerbi, what they've done, the fact they qualify for Europe. Mm-hmm. Was there not a bigger club for Ansu Fati? Really, nowhere, not in Italy, not somewhere else in England, not mm. in Spain. I don't know anywhere. I I don't know. But I am quite excited because I think that if the Zerbi can get Fati to the best level that he had a few years ago. Then I think he's yeah. he could, he would be such an added value to that team for sure. If he, I think if he stays healthy, you know, the world is hot, is his, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think so. But again, I does he take me Thomas' place? Marsh? Does he play behind a striker? FPL nightmares, my friend. FPL nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> the Zerbi will have has so many options. To be fair, this with attacking players, this is very very it's true. Good. And they, they, you know, they'll be good, and I'm sure we make them even better. Another manager who will have a lot of options, even more options with this new signing is Pep Guardiola mm-hmm. at Manchester City because mm-hmm. it looks like Mateus Nunes is on his way from Wolves for probably around, let's say, the £55 million, something like that. Paqueta was the first choice. We know that for the reasons that everybody knows and the, 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 the investigation of yeah. the betting pattern, all of that. It's not him. It's Nunes, who is a bit younger, mm. is a similar profile, not maybe as good as Paqueta just yet, yeah. but I think that Pep was certainly very impressed with when City played Sporting and Mateus was a Sporting a couple of years ago. Yeah. What's your What's your feeling about this one? I think this is another really good signing. Um, you know, he's I think he's 25, just turned. He's got so much potential, and most people with potential that enter that system tend to get a lot, lot better. Yeah. And I think as well, not that the club need to do this. If they needed a reference, they've got, you know, Ruben Diaz, they've got yeah. Bernardo Silva, they've got other people who spent a long time playing with him. So I think that's going to be a very, very exciting one. You can see that he definitely wants to be there since he decided to let Wolves know that he wanted to be there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting because I don't know what their starting eleven in midfield is going to be as the season progresses. It feels like Rodri will be the ever-present. Yeah. But Kovacic is playing so well at the moment yeah. that it's going to be hard to take him out as well. So how does Nunes get into that? We'll have to see. You know, I like Mateus Nunes a lot. I, I think he has really, really a lot of talent and he's a bit special. And I think Pep is going to make him special like an Akanji that people thought, like, really? What's mm. that we're signing? Look at what happened. Even yeah. Ake, those kind of guys. I have a bit of an issue though Uh-oh. with players who start like, uh, like arm wrestling with their club to move okay. and to leave. That's interesting. Tell me more. So we will talk about Colomani in the quick hits who's going on strike because he wants to leave Frankfurt to go to PSG. Yeah. Even though the two clubs are nowhere near an agreement, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sure if you're Mateus Nunes, you really want to work with Pep Guardiola and go to City. It's better for your career. You're going to earn more money. It's a bigger club. You're going to play the Champions League. With mm-hmm. Wolves, you're going to fight against relegation. Yeah. You've just changed managers two days ago and you might change again in two days. I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Is there not another way to do it than go for a fight and say to Wolves, I'm not training, I'm not turning up the training ground, I want that move, make that move happen. They pay you, they brought you into the Premier League, they've been good to you, I Mm. suspect. Mm. Like, I'm just not too okay with players doing that. What would you do if you were in his situation and it seemed like Wolves were saying, no, we don't want you to go, and then City were right there for you, what do you think you'd do in that moment? But what, so... Uh, either you feel like your club is too greedy and they're asking 100 million how about, if you, how about if you went to the the manager to the chairman and said that you wanted to go and they said no 
what would you do then? I think I would ask for an explanation. Okay, why can we work this out? Can you, okay, you don't want to let me go now, yeah. but you can see this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for me to join Pep and City. Mm. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. They would be like, what do you want? Do you want 50 million? Do you, I can, you know, City can pay some money. I can maybe pay some money. You go and ask City to up their offer. Mm. But that's, I don't know, but... I think, I think you're looking at it from the purest perspective of what like contract employment is as such but for Mateus Nunes there's no even guarantee this season with Wolves that he'd play there's no guarantee that they'll yeah. like you know won't just treat him badly and so on because for as much as he's done well for them in this last year he's not someone who's come through who's a fan of the club he's someone he's someone that's working for Wolves and he would have worked there for a certain reason whether it's the case if he wanted to be a Lopetegui maybe it was someone like the directors yeah yeah so you're in this position now, I think, where, you know, fans will never, most fans, most fans, not all fans, most fans would never fully understand it because you're a fan of your football club first before any individual. Yeah. But when you're an individual going around a workplace, then it's different. And if he can see that he can do that, so that he can potentially go somewhere and the club say no, like, why does he not have a say, especially if the club's going to be getting money for him going? Like, would the club rather have somebody who doesn't want to be there yeah, no, no, no. You know I agree. I, mean? I understand that. I, I agree with and that. Once your head's turned, it's very hard to say, no, it's actually, you know, it doesn't matter. Everything's fine because that player will then spend the rest of the time playing with regret. And yeah, that's not what you I don't think it's to. good to keep someone against his will. Yeah. So then what, if that's the case, then the play, if a player comes to a manager, a coach or whatever and says that I don't, I want to go somewhere else, I don't want to play anymore. Then whether the player goes on strike or not, they've now got a player who's not fully committed to the task. And I think yeah. we've seen in recent years with other clubs, it only takes one or two people with that mentality to affect everything. Yeah, yeah. So would it not be in the club's best interest to sell at that point? Yeah. But again, I don't think he needs to go on strike or refuse to train for the club to understand, okay, we have this situation that is no good for anyone. And also we can make some money. I think they I mean, in the end, they bought him for maybe 40 two or 45, I can't remember. So they would have made yeah. a bit of money on him, but maybe not as much as they would have liked. It's just that, I don't know, I, I look at Doku, for example, and in the end, the transfer happened. Yeah, maybe it would have happened earlier if he had put pressure on Rennes to say, hey, listen, already what City offering is, is a lot of money. But in the end, City and Rennes agreed on a valuation, which, which really two clubs should do. Yeah for the right player at the right price yeah I'm not it's not to say defend it as such but what I would also say is that there'll be lots of players for Wolves who understand why he's doing what he's doing because they've probably yeah, the, yeah, same okay. thing, the same situation but would you have done it when you were playing <sighs> would I have done it I think it depends because when you talk about the Doku situation it sounds like Ryan and City were in discussions together yeah if in Mateus Nunes's situation maybe Wolves just said no you're yeah. not leaving and if someone says no you're not going to do the thing that you want. It makes you behave in a certain way. That's that's the only thing. But because we're sitting here, we don't know how that started. Yeah, no, we don't know what he said. Because it usually takes something quite strong for a player to say. If if two guys, if two teams are in negotiation, and it's likely to end well, the only thing that can change is time. And some of that time can be done if you say, "I'm going to take, I'm going to pay for this, so you can stop yeah. paying me this and that." But if there's nothing going on. And I think this is why he essentially had to step up because otherwise, as I say, it'd be a nightmare for everyone. Yeah. But maybe. it's, I don't know, it's its tough, I'd say, because we don't know all the information, so it's, it's pure speculation. But I reckon some people, in fact, I'd probably say most players, 
if they're in a position whereby they wanted to leave and the club said that they cannot leave, most players would not be able to get on with their work because they would have been affected in their mind by the fact that they now think that the club don't care about any of their interests whatsoever, especially if there's yeah, a fee attached maybe. to it. But for example, when you move to Sunderland or to QPR, what, what was, how is it as a player to go through those last days of a transfer window <laughs> where you can move, you haven't moved? It, do you know what? It depends because every transfer is essentially quite different because there were times when I was younger where at the start of the window, I got told that, like, say a manager wanted me. So all of a sudden it's in your mind that maybe really? you'll be leaving. And I never wanted to leave Man City. I came through on all that, but it's in, it's in my mind. I'm like, oh, maybe this is going to be a thing. Maybe it's going to be a thing. You start to see things differently. Yeah. It's not to say that your head's turned, but now there's something in your mind yeah, which you never yeah. thought about before. But with the way that transfers are, very rarely is it just one person that club want. They've got three or four people in yeah, the same yeah. position who they're interested in, but you don't know where you fit in with these <laughs> rankings. So it's like, oh, they, you know, they might put a bid in next week. They might. What happens if, and then it's like, well, what happens if they put a bid in and the club reject it? What happens if they put a bid in and the club accepts it? So in your mind, this is all playing. Everything's going on in your mind because yeah. from the player perspective, an agent can tell you something, a club can tell you something, but whatever they tell you is still only going to be a small part of the story anyway. Yeah. Because the discussions that they have away from the field are far different to one where an agent will say, well, yeah, you know, we spoke with the club and they think it's going to be this, going to be that, because there's so many elements to it all. Yeah. So you don't know the full story. So when you don't know the full story, you just go off the headlines. And it's the <laughs> headlines that upset, that upset you. It's like, oh, so why, what, be like, why is the club not put a bid in then if they say they want me or... Why has the club not told me anything about this bid yet? Why, why are they trying to sell me? Why am I up for a transfer? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it can affect your mind quite heavily. And I think as the window progresses, if you had an idea at the start of the window that something was going to happen and the days are passing and it hasn't, <laughs> bro, you, like you, you've, it's affected your pre-season, it's affected your season. Because again, it's employment. So if you're going to move to somewhere different yeah. and you say you've got family, you need to know where to live. Yeah, yeah. You need to know what the club's going to be like. You need to know what your future's going to be like. You've got your kids in school at this place. Is there enough time now? Like if the window closes tomorrow, like it does, school start next week. Yeah. Have you got time to get your kid into school? You know what I mean? Like you're itching to yeah, of course. find a conclusion, but sometimes clubs don't have that same sort of rush or need for it that you do. But then also then, it's where transfers go of my one anyway. I just got a call one day saying, yeah, Q City have accepted, a, we've accepted a bid from QPR. I was like, oh, okay. So Is did it? you know QPR were interested? I did, but I didn't know the bid was going to get You didn't get know how far it was between the two clubs? No, no. And to be honest, I did, again, I didn't want to leave City. I wanted to stay yeah. and play. So when you then get the nod to say the bid's been accepted, I was like, okay, so what? Like, so you could have said, no, I'm not moving. Well, kind of. Because my situation was I hadn't played in the first six months of the season yeah. in the league. I played one game. I played all the cup games, but I only played one league game. So at that point, can you afford to waste any years in your career? Because yeah. if the same thing happened for another six months, the whole year's done. Good. Yeah, yeah. So if someone says that they want you, you have to think about this is your life, this is your employment. But yeah, the, the bid came in, they accepted it. And they said, right, you've got to go down to London now to speak with the team. I was like, what? Because I was just minding my business. The next thing's like, oh, <laughs> okay, so I'm going, I'm on a train down there then. You know what I mean? There are, there are some people who are excited and ready to do that. Yeah. And other people who have to do that because they've just been told that they've been sold. And as yeah. you know yourself in American sport, that are people who don't even get a chance to go and speak to yeah, a club. It's just definitely. like, off you go. Off, yeah. So it's, it can be exciting. It can be stressful. But thankfully for the majority of players, it doesn't really matter because most people aren't linked to go somewhere because there's an element of like stability that exists with the vast majority of most squads, yeah. which actually means you can take the off season and pre-season seriously because all you want to do is play and do well in the next yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, but it. when you're 
sorry to finish this off last no. at the end of the last season if you're not starting it's a wild summer because you're trying to think well I need to come back as good as I can yeah to either say that I show that I want to stay or show that I deserve to go and find something better but again it's not in your control because it's not performance-led that's the problem but there's also probably some players who decide with their agent or their family before saying like this is not good for me yeah. I need a move and maybe their pre-season or their summer it's not so much I don't care about this team anymore because I want to move so badly so I'm not that focused I don't do the work like that yeah which is probably not the right attitude no, to have. No, 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 no. But, but you can also understand that side yeah, of... Yeah, it's the... So the way agents work, say if you aren't playing in January, February time and the window's closed or whatever, they'll be talking about the next season already. Yeah. Say, just get through this and we'll try and get you something yeah. for whenever. But saying it in February and doing it in August are two different things. For sure. Because then in your mind, like, you're unhappy because you're not playing. Because you, everyone wants... I think the best thing you can have in football is when it's the best job in the world is when your team's winning, you're playing and you're playing well. Yeah. Well, yeah. Elite. Of couldn't, course. Couldn't ask for more. Of course. But when you're not playing, <laughs> <laughs> your team's losing. <laughs> I promise you, you're in the mud. It's, it's horrendous. So they can think that, you know, the summer's going to come, I'm going to go somewhere. Firstly, you don't know when it's going to be. Yeah. For, secondly, how long's left on your contract? How's yeah. that going to affect where you're going next? At what age are you? Do people think you're too old? Do they think that you're too young? Is someone willing to pay a fee to get you out? Are the club going to try and push you to the side and say you've got to leave? Are the club going to say that you can't leave? There are all these things that are up in the air because it's not very clear for everyone. Yeah. But you can wish something positive to happen upon you. But as I've discovered and lots of other people discovered, what's important to you is very rarely important to the football club. That's the downside. Yeah. Because if it's a case of you want to, it's time-wise, you want to go to this place, that place, club can be like... Nah, any transfer that's happened, the clubs could have said no. You could have offered, yeah. you could have offered Planet Earth to sign Cole Palmer for Chelsea. City could have said no. So it's always in their interest. Yeah, and I yeah, think this is a sure. big thing in my perspective about PR at football clubs because sometimes players get chastised for the decisions that they make in terms of places that they go, but the yeah. club can still always say no and make yeah. the players stay. For sure. So there's something there for the club to make it happen as well. Yeah, no, I agree. That makes a lot of sense. Talking about clubs. And we will wrap up this segment yeah. about. Let's just look at the big clubs, and we didn't. We haven't put Newcastle. Some for of the example. big clubs. Some, some of the, the big some clubs. Of the clubs yeah, yeah. Newcastle could be there, of course, but in the the idea of time and not to go too long, uh, no Aston Villa or no Brighton, but just at the like, let's say the historical six. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. But much the city we mentioned: Gvardiol, Doku, now Mateus Nunez. Do you think even with Palmer leaving, they're good? They're done? Or you expect? Maybe I, someone to come and replace Cole Palmer. I think there could be one more. Okay. I think there could be potentially another attacking type midfielder. Maybe. 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 But I'm not. I'm not 100 sure on that because they felt like a couple of weeks ago, and obviously they brought in Doku and they've brought in um, Nunes, but then they've let Cole Palmer go as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it didn't feel like they were light to the point where one person would change everything. So that since they've only got one a net gain of one, I think there's potentially another one. And you know, you're losing Mares, Gundogan. Laporte yeah, true, and yeah. De Bruyne for four or five months. These are like big, big players. Yeah. yeah. But the squad is good as it is now and Pep would be happy with what he's got now. Mm, you absolutely. Think? I, I, I still think there's probably room for one. Yeah, maybe, maybe he wants to see Bernardo play more central. Yeah, so then, as well. And then more cover for Grealish as well on that far side. So yeah. I think they'll probably get one more. Arsenal have done the business earlier, very early in the summer. We've said that before with Havertz, Timber, Rice, Raya also that came. Whether you're happy with Havertz, whether you agree with Raya and Tugu, it doesn't matter so much, but it looks like 
the transfer window could be done as well. Tierney and Balogun, the, the latest ones to, and Nuno Tavares to leave the club. United is an interesting one because it took them a long time to do Hoyland. Mm. It took them a long time to do Onana and Mount. Mm -hmm. And we thought, okay, maybe they're done now with them three. However, they still want a six and they've tried this. I admire the, the, to try to do Amrabat on a loan. It looks a bit, I mean, Fiorentina looked and said that, like, really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Hoiberg, Amrabat, people like that. And that left back role. Yeah. Do you understand why with the Malaysia injury, the show injury, they're trying to go and get someone like Cucurella at Chelsea and does Cucurella make sense to them? Cucurella's... Like, it was a year and a half ago he's been linked with City and it's like yeah, 50 yeah. million. It's Chelsea and City. It's like, I think he almost the went there, yeah. Yeah. Another one of those Brighton like, uh, offshoots as such. And then all of a sudden he's just not playing at all. Uh, Chelsea kind of which no. is which seems really strange but I suppose if they've got bodies down <sighs> I don't know man like do they need to bring someone in because then all of a sudden when all three left backs are fit exactly what are you going to be doing I don't know it could be a long season he played a lot of football last yeah, year yeah true, true but he doesn't want to rotate people every single week so I guess to get some level of cover but then what, how's the academy looking true you know and also, I mean? he's someone who clearly hasn't been good enough for three different Chelsea managers. Yeah. Potter didn't play him that much. Lampard didn't play him. You'll do a I job. Marshall Tuchel even played him. You'll, and do, you'll do a job, but like... Posh it, doesn't play him. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just his convenience. He'll, he'll do well for a period of time, but then as soon as Shaw comes back, would anyone be surprised if he goes onto the bench afterwards? Yeah, no, probably. And I, and I think I think this one will happen. The Hoiberg, Amrabat kind of defensive side of it, the midfielders. I mean, okay, you don't have the money anymore because you spent big on Onana, Mount and Hoyland. Then maybe you should have thought about that before. I think Amrabat would be very good for United. Him and Casemiro for some games could be very good together. Hoiberg, I guess, comes in as a backup somewhere. Amrabat is obviously... Hoiberg will be the starter, won't he? It'll be Rashford on the left, Hoiberg and Anthony on the right, Fernandez in the turn. Isn't that what you think now? Yeah, it could 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 work like that, for sure. I I just I mean clearly has been an issue. We saw Casemiro far too exposed defensively, this team who've lost Varane and Shaw as well. I I don't know. I just thought this would have been a priority to them, especially on the back of Fred leaving. And now you're left with less than two days and you're not really sure what to do. And you're trying something that is way too ambitious, slightly ridiculous with Amrabat and Fiorentina. And hey, what about we get him for five quid? I mean, no, it's, it doesn't work like this. So that's where I'm not too sure. And to be fair for Spurs, how can you get 100 million for Kane and you're still on August 30th, or 31st, sorry, and you're still short of attacking players and you're chasing Brendan Johnson and you take chasing Bakayoko from PSV and you there's a couple more that you like. How is that even possible? Why is it so late? Oh well listen, the clock has not stopped yet. No, so true, true. you know, by the end of today, not even by tomorrow, however, by the end of today, there'll be I think they would have signed maybe a couple of people. I think some of these deals, maybe they take longer than like people would like, but you just know for Spurs, if they don't sign anyone from that attacking standpoint at Spurs the fans are already up, upset with Levy Daniel yeah. Levy yeah. if he doesn't do it it's kind of it's riots because you know Richarlison is 
Maybe not the answer, right? We agree. It doesn't look like it at this moment in time, though. So there would be right. So I'd be very surprised if they didn't get someone. But I was expecting someone other than Brennan Johnson, to be yeah. honest. But Chelsea have had an incredible summer, obviously, in terms of <laughs> ins. Ins and outs, yeah. And that, outs. That's a revolving door. <laughs> I mean, when I wrote the list for, for the show, <laughs> I mean, the names. And there's some, there's some of the young Brazilians, for example, that then went on loan, some to Strasbourg, like Angelo and David Washington, who's... I didn't even put all the names in. It's quite remarkable, really. And to be fair, in a way, they've almost balanced, not completely, but they've got a lot of money in for sure. They spend a lot of money on Caicedo, of course, Disassi, Lavia, Sanchez and Kunku, Nico, all of that. But they also sold or let go well in Lukaku, Havertz, Mann, Kovacic, Koulibaly, Pulisic, Loftus-Cheek, Mendy, Kepa, Kante, Aspilicueta, Ziyech, Bamiyang, Fofan. Like, you know, there's loads. And Kalamotonado seems to be the last one to go to Forest. It's, I mean, again, it's a complete overhaul of their squad like a year ago. Why did it have to be that many people leaving? I think they needed money in after spending so much. And then once it's in, they have to send it back out again. I don't know. Some on loan, some you, you, you want to recoup some of the money. And with amortization, let's not forget that place that you've had for three years. Did you, do you think every single one of those players wanted to leave? No, 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 I don't think so. And it depends a lot on who, where you end up, like you said earlier. Yeah. Leaving Chelsea, London, a Premier yeah. League top club, top yeah. wages, to go to, you know, a team that is not as good and a league that is not as good would be hard to take. And then this is, again, a player perspective. If, if any of those players got told that, you know, we're looking to sell you this summer because we need the money in, so then they sell you and then as soon as they sell you they bring someone else in it's like well what did you would you bid i don't i'll be interested to see if you could ever find out how much sort of bad blood exists with those players that have left chelsea because that's a big change for a lot of people some of them who i thought were going to be there for a very long time like uh, mounts and loftus cheeks but yeah something's something's a bit off but i've got to say watching chelsea i can see the potential now definitely man i can see it definitely. I, I think it'll be i think it'll be all right yeah and i think they're done i mean shaloba i expect will go to you Bayern think they're Munich. done and then and then maybe you press shaloba maybe you go for another attacking it's player not. which i think is the idea time they on the clock? but with them you never know it could be done at like 11.55 probably 12.01 12.01 and they're still okay <laughs> Finally, Liverpool, who have had an interesting summer because, as we know, they missed on some of the, the big targets, Caicedo and Lavia especially. Signed McAllister and those Sobos Lai. I think Gravenberg could be on his way. They suddenly want another midfielder in that kind of midfield rebuild that they've, they had to do. Mm. This doesn't look like enough, right, what they've done so far. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't at all, especially because of some of the names that we're talking about in Henderson, Fabinho, Firmino's, you know, Milner's as well. These are like characters, yeah. culture setters for Liverpool. So the new guys coming in, McAllister and Oshab was like, like great footballers, great. But how much is the, those people leaving change the dynamic of the football club? Maybe there'll be more coming in. But then also it's a mix because they've also got loads of forwards, it feels like. Yeah, they will have six. Okay. Yeah, but then at the back, with Van Dijk suspended, for example, and Konati injured, you will end up with the Joe Gomez-Joel Matip partnership, mm. which I don't know why they didn't go and sign a big third centre-back. Look at City centre-backs, even yeah. Arsenal centre-backs options, mm. Chelsea centre-backs options. Yeah. And then you're Liverpool, and then if Van Dijk is not there or Konati is not there, 
you could go down yeah, quite a level. Short. They look short, and it's been a it's been a weird window for them. Saying that they're going to break the hundred million pound barrier for a player, and then not the player saying nah, like that doesn't <laughs> that, know, just, that doesn't put you effect. in a great spot, does it? So that's where we are now. Like we said, when we record this with Nedem, there's still time to go, enough time to sign one, two, three players for your club. We hope that all the fans around the country in Europe are happy with what the clubs have done. Yeah. Usually we know that the fans are never happy enough. But let's see what happens between Thursday morning and Friday evening because this transfer window has been pretty spectacular and we wouldn't be surprised if there was actually much more to come in the next two days. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash G-A-B-J-U-L-S now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. Right, enough transfer window. Let's what about some quickies now. Yeah, let's go, let's go. To continue with transfers though, for the first one, West Ham have signed Mohamed Kudus from Ajax, and that's a pretty good signing. Do you agree? Yeah, he's uh he's a pretty good player. I think it is a good signing, and I think it shows that West Ham are trying to be a bit more progressive in theory. Yeah. But my only issue, David Moyes likes what he knows. And you know, in Antonio on one side, um, and uh, so what the other forwards yeah, called Bowen, Bowen Benrama, ben like Rama, he knows their faces, Paqueta. he know what they do. Paquetá as well. So it would be a good job if he breaks in. But if he breaks in, I think West Ham fans will uh, really like you him. You know what I think? I mean, Kudus, I I love versatility. Mm. I love players who can play in different positions. With him, I'm still not sure to this day what is his best, best position. Ones, yeah. We saw him in the Champions League playing as a number nine or force nine for Ajax, doing really well. He's played in midfield before. He can play as a 10, which is great because you've got a lot of options. But I want to see him at his best and I'm not really sure exactly where it is now. So the rice money has been spent on Warprouse, Kudus, Alvarez. Three great players, three different players. I just can't wait to see what Moyes does mm. with all that talent well, because I think their style will have to evolve again, like a bit what we said when Paqueta won't, won't take long, won't take long. So PSG finally have their man and Bradley Bacola could soon officially be a Paris player. What's the deal, Jules? Yeah, I mean, really kid, uh, really promising youngster kids. He's had only half of the season with Lyon last season where he was amazing. I think he scored nine goals and 10 assists in the second half of the season. It's 50 million euros though. It's a lot of money. It's heavy, yeah. And again, I think his head was turned a bit by the interest for PSG. Didn't want to play for Lyon anymore. Didn't want to stay there. And in the end, they got him good. I don't see him starting because you've got Mbappé Dembélé on the wings and he's a pure winger. Mm-hmm. But he will have some game time and if he grows and if he keeps improving, I think there's there's, there's certainly a lot of talent there. Mm-hmm. Would, I, would I have spent 50 on him? 
right now I'm not so sure it's a bit like the Cole Palmer one although he's a bit younger yeah but it's one of those where he's hardly played really in Ligue 1 he's never played in Europe really so it's like you see the potential but is he good enough to make the step up I'm not sure mm. we see Erling Haaland was named PFA player of the year by his peers the other players in the league the ceremony was on Tuesday night he looked really happy Nathan. yeah you know why would you not be happy to yeah. be playing as a new as a, as a new player in a new division the week before last season sorry the week before the last season started remember he had a bad game against Liverpool in at Leicester yeah. everyone not everyone but lots of people wrote him off yeah. so this guy is going to be a disaster scores two goals in the next game proceeds to score a Premier League record amount in yeah. that first season as a young player wins the Premier League wins a treble gets voted like the best player in that season by his peers like why would you not be happy yeah. it's, the, it's the stuff it's like it's the stuff of dreams not many people you know myself included expected him to have scored that many goals Yeah, but I've seen his true potential and the thing is I think he can get better as well so you think this season is not going to be hard for him to confirm to play as well even better I think he I think one thing that we misjudge about football is I think people can still have a bigger impact without say having things which are more obvious like like scoring goals yeah. he could score fewer goals yeah, this yeah, season yeah. have a bigger impact in that true. team very true and I think he can understand the league a bit better and understand some of the teams he played against because I think last season was his first and second time he's ever played against most of those guys yeah. first time travelling to this place understanding the, the way the league works so as he continues to grow and to get to understand it I think he becomes better and the finishing you know that could blow hot or cold but his impact in the game and his understanding I think it stays you think the Ballon d'Or could no, be next no not, not this early. season no. I think when arguably one of the greatest players of all time wins a World Cup I think it's a, it's a tough year to, uh, <laughs> yeah, to, think that, to think that you're going to win. That is true, that is true. So uh, just tell us everything about Brighton's new midfielder, Carlos Baleba. Oh, very excited about this one. He was at Lille. He's a young Cameroon midfielder. He's 19. He hasn't played much, only six starts for, so, for Lille. So you, you spend £30 million more or less on someone who, again, a bit like Barcola, a bit like Cole Palmer to some extent, is not really proven at the top, top level. Mm -hmm. But considering Brighton's track records, it's like a bit of a Caicedo. You bring him from a bit nowhere. Nobody in England has heard of him. Nobody has, I mean, apart if you're a Lille fan in England, but you would not have seen him play. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you the potential is incredible. He's like, he could do anything in midfield. He's that good technically, physically, the running, the hard work, everything. He can play as a box-to-box. -box. He can play as a six, as a, as a double pivot. He's just, he needs to grow and to be more mature and to learn a bit about the tactics. But just imagine what the Zerbi could do with him. He's just that kind of guy that he will just as a sponge would get everything in. Mm -hmm. And I really expect him to not play much the first season, even maybe go on loan somewhere like to Union Saint-Gilloise maybe. But if he stays and he will have a bit of time there and there, and then when he's ready, they will play him. And once they play him, I think it could be, it could really be sensational. He's that talented. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tottenham out of the League Cup after they were beaten by Fulham on Tuesday night. Nadem, was Ange Postecoglou right to make so many changes? Do you None know what? of them? I think, I think he was. I think he was. Really? Yeah, just because what's the value of a squad if you're not going to use it? And I think every team really was making changes. But the ones that made changes and won, nobody cares about. I know, but maybe too, nine is maybe too many. Uh, maybe it shows you've got quite a big squad. Do you not think that... Yeah, but if, they're clearly not good enough. You don't have enough depth. Well, you say clearly now. It's always clear yeah. after the event. That's, that, I think that's <laughs> the, I told you before. I that's, the, yeah, that's the way it works. But yeah, it, it's, it was weird to see them go out um, because you think that, you know, they're going to play good football this year. Maybe they won't try and win a trophy. And here's one that can be accessed first. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think he sent out a team to lose. So I think he's probably learned a lot from those yeah, players. And you would think so. Yeah, we hope so. A bit of a strange one for you, Jules. Uh, Donny van der Beek to Lorient? Yeah, I mean, I have to say I didn't see this one coming. I love Donny van der Beek. I, I, I've seen him warm up more than actually playing in the Premier League. He had 11 starts in the league in the last three years at United, which is crazy, really, because I think at 26, there's still a player there somewhere. But for Lorient to be linked with him, he was offered to them. I think they're really considering it right now on Thursday. I don't know. I would love to see him in Ligue 1. And especially, I love the stories where players have really gone nowhere. Yeah their career is to a standstill and then they somehow get redemption, re- revival of their career or something like that. That would be awesome. Could that happen in Lorient? They're a good team. They're a good playing team. I think he would enjoy it there. Can they really afford him? Can you get a United player if you're Lorient? I'm not sure, but yeah, I mean, mm. go for it, for sure. Mm. Later today is the Champions League draw, so Thursday evening. Nathan, what would be the worst draw for your beloved Manchester City and what would be the best draw? Well, um, I think there's going to be so much argument about this, but just purely from a name brand standpoint, not necessarily how well they do in any particular moment. I wouldn't want to see them go up against Real Madrid from pot two, uh, AC Milan from pot three. Fair enough. And then from an atmosphere standpoint, either Galatasaray or Celtic because the Celtic one turns into Battle of Britain yeah yeah and I don't love that a Joe Hart yeah Joe Hart coming back saving a penalty from Harlem hey! last minute all that stuff I know Joe's yeah. my guy and then from the best one again this is purely name based I would take uh, Leipzig because I think Leipzig without Nkunku and Vardy yeah, they're a different team even, even though they're yeah. good yeah uh, I would then say Young Boys in pot three and then Antwerp so in pot put, four. The, yeah, Copenhagen in pot three, I think, and Young Boys in pot four. So, yeah, I see those, those kind of two clubs. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. leaning towards. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. leaning towards. But at the end of the day, it's the Champions League. So, if you don't play well, you get knocked out. No, I know. And Arsenal fans should be excited as well because they are obviously back after a long, long yeah, absence. I'm sure you so, are very excited. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, so, obviously. Sure yeah. and, and obviously, clubs like Lens, there's, there's some new coming Real Sociedad, whether in Union Berlin, Antwerp who won the first title in 66 years. So it was a very long time mm. for them. So good luck to everyone. And we hope that you're happy with your For sure, for sure. And Jules, PSV will be part of the draw after they destroyed Rangers. Yeah, completely. I mean, Michael Bill, the uh, Rangers manager, apologizing to everybody because that was not pretty to watch. I wow. mean, PSV are a good team and and they, they, they have good youngsters. They play well. They have a lot of intensity in the game. 
okay, but that defeat was crazy. 5-1 after doing 2-2 in the first leg. It was embarrassing from a Rangers point of view when I think a lot of their fans and people at the club would believe that they had a chance maybe of making it. So well done to PSV. Still a lot of work to do, to do for, for Rangers. More league-up action. Nathan has Burnley beat Nottingham Forest in the 90th minute. Does this feel like a Premier League win almost for, for our friend Vincent Kompany? <laughs> um, I think you kind of got to treat it like one. Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, because as far as the Premier League goes, I think they play nice football, but it seems at the moment that they're just going to come up short in terms of scoring goals and having the understanding of what yeah. it takes to win on a regular basis. So I think any win you take, like enjoy it, savour it, and just try and have that to give you the extra 1% for the next game. Yeah, yeah. You know, think of it this way. If you say that this game doesn't matter, then would it matter if they lost? I bet you it would have done because that would have been three yeah, games in a row, four definitely. games in a row, how many it yeah, would be yeah, where that's yeah. not the case. So I think it, it will feel like a Premier League win. Obviously, you're not getting the points for it, but the feeling of arriving to work after a win is very different when compared yeah, to arriving definitely. after a loss. That's true. Jules, do you remember um, Andy Carroll? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, I believe he's heading to France. It is. I mean, he's in France right now, in Amiens. Uh, if you don't know where Amiens is, I can't blame you for it, of course. It's uh, like, well, I would say an hour south of Paris. They're in the second division. They used to be in the top flight in Ligue 1 before. I don't know how this one, a bit like the Van der Beek one, I don't know how this one came about, but he's 34. He scored, I think, nine goals for Reading last season in the championship and they were relegated. And, I mean, if you ask me, do I want to see Andy Carroll play in France? Yeah, of course, of course. man. Yeah, it's why not? Be yeah. fun. Why not? But again, like if you had told me after he moved to Liverpool that a few years yeah. down the road, it would be at Amiens in the French second division. I was like, you're mad. Mm. But hey, I hope, I hope you come, Andy. Bienvenue, bienvenue en France, you know? <laughs> Raphael Varane is expected to be out for a few weeks. For United, how big a blow is this, Ned, considering they already have Luke Shaw out? So it's a defence without two of their four starters. Yeah, I think it is a blow because you get the feeling with Ten Hag that his back four that he wants is Juan Bissaka, Rafael Varane, it's Martinez and it's Luke Shaw. Yeah. That's what he wants. Yeah. He doesn't yeah, yeah. have the same level of trust in some of the other players there. That's how it feels to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So to lose half of those players at this key point in the season, especially just before the transfer window, because now that affects other people. Yeah. Is Harry Maguire now going to leave or does he have to stay to have cover for this moment in time? Yeah. You know what I mean? The same with like Luke Shaw. They're having yeah, to bring in someone else. Yeah. Like These sorts of things affect managers' plans long-term. The time of it's just off. Like So that is a big blow for them. I think losing Rafa Varane in general for any team over the last like 10 years has yeah, proved to be yeah. pretty crucial. But, you know, this is this is football. Unfortunately, you've got to get on with it. Um, one of Spain's World Cup winners is heading to the WSL. Jules, who yes, is it? Yes, great news. Leila Codina, the uh, the centre-back who played every game with, with Paredes for, for Spain all the way to the final against England, of course, and winning it, has, has joined Arsenal. And I think this is a really good signing. She's 23. She won everything with Barcelona. She even went on loan to Milan. She's got that kind of foreign experience too. And I think she would bring a lot to... Um, to, to Arsenal, she was one of the top centre-back in the World Cup. Her and Ilstedt, who played for Sweden, who was also signed for Arsenal. So Arsenal will have the two new centre-backs who have been really stars at the World Cup, which I think is really good business for them. Mm. So well done. Alexander Seferin, the UFR president, has finally reacted to the Rubiales case, saying that what his friend did, because they're friends together, was inappropriate, but he didn't want to say too much either. Are you a bit disappointed? <laughs> It is like, here's the start of a statement. 
And then it's like, oh, there's going to be more. Oh no, no, you no, just no. oh, it's just the start. Okay, <laughs> I I could say I'm disappointed, but then when it's mixed in with like not being surprised, then yeah, yeah I think that I when you're talking you, about like you, you know this is his friend and a situation which hasn't like been fully sealed yet. Yeah, he's going to try and defend his friend by not attacking his friend. It seems like, but you would hope that the head of a uh, something that big would. Uh, Would say, it took him a long time to say something, and then that's what he says. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's uh, it's not great, is it? I don't uh, think he's great. And so, just for people who don't know, Seferin chose or chose, sorry, Rubiales to be to be one of the UFA vice presidents, so one of his closest allies. Mm. And you don't even have a vote. It's basically you're the president of UFA. I'll choose Nelly Manua, Gab yeah. Marcotti, yeah. Craig Berlin. Those are my guys. Whether you like them or not, you have nothing to say. Mm. And that's why I've got a bit of an issue with. Seferin taking so long and then only coming out with a weak statement like that. Yeah, listen, as I say, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, PSG are refusing to let Gini Van Aldem leave on a free. Do you understand their position, Jules? No, not really, Ned. I mean, he's got one year left, I think, on his contract. PSG are saying to him, listen, for financial fair play, we need we need some money. In. Even if it's a little bit, there's Alitifag, the, the club where Steven Gerrard and Jordan Henderson are, who are really keen on taking Gini there. But they want they don't want to pay anything. So they say it's either free transfer or we're Honestly. not interested. And Ginny's saying, listen, you're not even gonna play me. Right now I'm not even training with the first team. I'm training on my own on the side. So I can see I can understand his frustration. I see it and the PSG point of view that says, listen, and we're in a situation where we need money. And even if it's three million, four million, five million, we need something for you. But the, the one album to PSG has been a disaster from start to finish. Mm. And now to be in that position, I think it's tough. It's tough for him. It's tough for the club. And I don't know if you've ever been in that situation, but it can't be a nice feeling. Yeah, I think that. I think that's fair. And I don't understand. I mean, let him go now. You know, there's, there's, you've just spent 50 million on a 19-year-old, as we mentioned, Bradley Barcola, who's hardly played. You've got a Champions League winner there who you don't even want to use. And yet you're preventing him from leaving. So what? You keep him, and he's not going to play at all so, for a whole so year. So what? What should Wijnaldum do? Should he strike? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we go back to that point. Maybe Ginny, you should strike. Maybe that's the answer. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Nadem, Harry Maguire is still a Manchester United player as we speak. So on Thursday morning, there's still time for him to leave. But are you surprised he's still there? Uh, now that Varane's down, no. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was a bit surprised, to be honest. It seems like he, you know, wants to play more football. But then this is the sort of the nuances involved in transfer. Sometimes things that are quite clear are not so clear sometimes. Yeah. But there's still time, as you say. You know, probably if someone's listening to this podcast, they're seeing the notification come up. Harry Maguire's moved to somewhere else. Moved to where, though? Because that's the thing. Nobody can nobody can really pay his wages outside of the top top clubs. Yeah, yeah, Plus that's well, yeah. Free. When when the window is a long way from being closed, nobody can pay your wages. As the window gets closer towards <laughs> the end, people <laughs> seem to find money. But I think he'll. Uh, that's very true. I think he'll go somewhere. Uh, Randall Kolomuani is still a Frankfurt player, Jules. So what is he doing in Paris right now? He's on strike. That's what he's doing. Nadem going back to striking. He's a Paris born and bred kid, so all the family is in Paris. And he said to Frankfurt, I don't want to play for you anymore. 
Okay. I don't want to train. I want to go to Paris. Please let me go. Uh, he says that Frankfurt kind of said to him in January when United wanted to sign him, for example, that they said to him, listen, we will let you go in the summer if a good offer comes up. The problem, Ned, is that right now Frankfurt said he's a 100 million euro player. PSG are saying he's not a 100 million, million euro player. You got him for nothing a year ago because he was a free, a free transfer. And yes, he's been very good and he was a great... He had a great World Cup. He was fantastic in the Champions League, in the league for you, all of that. But 100 million is, is too much. So PSG are saying like, why don't we give you 60 million plus a KTK, for example, the mm -hmm. young French striker that they have, trying to find some sort of agreement like that. And maybe to their credit, Frankfurt are not budging. They said, no, it's 100 million or nothing. I think the, the time is obviously ticking and they're running out of time. But there might still be and a way of doing this, but it would it would be really tight with the, the transfer deadline mm. moment. So we would have to see. But now that they've signed Barcola, plus Dembele, plus Mbappe, plus Gonzalo Ramos, do they really need Colomani? As much as I like him and we want him to come to my club, I'm not sure they really mm. need him, you know? Mm. Nedem, because Saka was the PFA young player of the season on the same night that Erling Haaland got player of the season. No surprise there? Do you know what? There's no surprise except for this big surprise, which is that Haaland is also the right age to be young player. Yeah, of course. Which that's something that always gets me yeah. every year in the voting. So this is the guy that's the best, but unfortunately, you know, as far as youngsters go, you weren't the best. <laughs> but it's just, and I think in this instance, it's good that Saka got it because I thought he had an exceptional season. Yeah. Talking about like breakout years, I thought he was amazing in their run. Obviously alongside Odegaard, Martinelli, and a few others that played really well, but I thought he was sensational and you know I'm th expecting him to kick on again this year maybe again not the same amount of goal contributions as such yeah. but it's important to that team as they go on to try and do well in the Champions League as well I think he's going to be a big star yeah, yeah again I agree um, Wolves are ready to spend £25 yeah. million pounds on no, I had to check that again Habib Diara who's that Jules yeah he's a young Strasbourg player who is very talented who's only 19 years old who can play in different positions he can play as a winger in midfield he's got really huge potential but that's a lot of money and again mm. we go back to those valuation of young players who have, haven't played much in their league, even in Europe, all that kind of stuff. Is he ready to make the move? Not sure. In a team that is going to fight for relegation mm. against relegation in the in the Premier League, where the level is much higher than in France. I'm not sure. He's a talent. There's no doubt. One for the future, no doubt. At 19 years old, Paris born and bred, which is always oh, always thing. important. Always to you, a yeah. thing. Of course, yeah. And in a way, I would like to see him go there and see how well he does or not. But it's still a big gamble for Wolves and also for him, I think. So. This one is one to watch. I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen because it's a lot of money and Strasbourg, even now that they're owned by Chelsea, are like, whoa, it's hard. A bit like City to turn down yeah. the money for Parliament. It's hard to turn down that money. So we'll have to see. But I kind of like the fact that Wolves are looking a bit outside of the box to send yeah. someone like him. Megan Rapinoe will play her last ever international game. Nadem on September 14th against South Africa and Chicago. Two, the 203rd cap, is that how you said? 203rd yeah, cap. How should we should, should she be remembered? Do you know that's a, that's an awful lot of caps. You know that's a lot it's of a football. Lot. That's a lot of availability. That's a lot of high quality play. And I think the way she, I think she'll be remembered as being a fantastic footballer. And I think the other side of her, where she was very outspoken for some, like some people maybe don't engage with her, and she she means nothing to them. But for others, she means everything to yeah. them. You know, she's inspired so many people from say her sort of background, people, girls who want to play football. And as I've seen across the years. 
a lot of girls who play football, when they talk about what it's like when they were younger and who they watched, it was always men. Yeah, but yeah. now Megan Rapinoe, she's helped elevate that to a whole new level with her ability, with her personality. And yeah, I'm sure she'll uh, she'll have a very, very good day that day. Yeah. Uh, Thierry Henry has officially been unveiled as the new France under 21. <laughs> so you're excited then, yeah? Yeah, man. I mean, this is great. He was, as you would expect, you know, he... He loves those kind of press conferences, questions, you know, he talked about his experience before, what he's learned, how different he is now, what a task it is, because this French under-21 team has been underperforming for many, many years. They haven't won anything for years. Uh, and he was very excited. I think he, he said that punditry was good, but didn't really make him happy. Mm. And that he, he, miss, he missed the pitch and the dressing room and that kind of atmosphere. So good luck to him. Gal Clichy is his assistant. There we go. Yeah, with Gerard Baltic as well. I'm very excited for, for Gal. Yeah, shout our out to Gal, yeah. So let's see. I mean, their first squad announcement is today. Okay. On Monday, they start their first international break and then they will have a game on the 7th, I think, and on the 11th. So we'll see. But obviously, the big one for them is the Olympics at the end of, of the, the season uh, next summer. So I really hope it works out. Yeah, I really do. But so. yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Nate, that's all. That's time. We, that's all. That's all time we have for. Man, <laughs> it's so excited about Chiron, really. That's all we have time for. That's it. Yes. Today, thank you so much for coming. It's what a great uh, to have you on with your insight on transfers and everything. Let's see what happens until deadline, of mm -hmm. course. And at the weekend, of course, big games in the Premier League, in everywhere in Europe before the international break. So thank you so much, Pleasure. and we'll be back on Monday with Gab. And, and as you always say. Love the game, love yourself, love your neighbor, something like that. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash gabjewels now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels.